This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And happier listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com happier. Visit IXL.com happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that, spoiler alert, gives you strategies for making your life happier. This week we'll talk about harnessing the power of color and thinking about whether you're an alchemist or a leopard. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who is a leopard. You'll have to keep listening to understand why. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, I want to say thank you because we talked about surprise treats in episode 69, and you sent me a surprise treat, a book I've been wanting. You got it. I'm so happy. And I, I hope you love it as much as I do so that it's a treat, though it's also kind of related to work. So that makes it slightly less treat-like, but it is a wonderful, wonderful book. So I hope you love it. Yeah, it's something you think might make a good TV show. So I'm, I'm excited to read it and I'll be doing that next weekend. Now, Gretch, before we get to our Try This at Home, you know, in episode 71, we talked about designing your summer and we've gotten a lot of fun responses to that. Yes, absolutely. It's been really fun to see all the things that people are doing to design their summers. Uh, Here is one email we got. It says, I love listening to your podcast each week. It was fun this week to hear your idea about summer planning. My husband and I are both teachers, and with our two sons home from school for the summer as well, it means four people who need to think of things to do each day. I am quite happy to have this little problem. A fun tradition we've had for many years is to go out to dinner on the last day of school. At dinner, everyone has a chance to come up with two to three things that they want to do or accomplish throughout the summer. They have to be within reason. Travel to Iceland probably wouldn't make the cut. Some in the past have been visit a water park, take golf lessons, learn to make bread, my teen son's idea. This has been a great way to connect as a family, realize some goals together, and have some structured activities to plan for. And that was from Christina in Long Beach, California. 
See, I love that because um, it's this idea of thinking about what you want to have your summer hold. And so that you don't – I think the thing that makes people feel bad about the summer is if they they if they frittered away and then, and then you look back. And this is what my experience had been. I was looking back and I'm like, there was nothing special about my summer. So you want to design your summer so there's something special about it. But it's interesting. So Christina and her husband are both teachers. I've heard from many, many teachers. Um, and I guess this is because just like children as adults, they have this sort of open time, very clearly distinct. And so a lot of teachers have, have been writing in about how they uh, need to make special effort to design their summer to make sure that um, it doesn't just slip away from them um, without kind of getting anything done that they wanted to do. Yes. Yeah, so I hope everyone is, has designed their summers and are enjoying their summer plans. Absolutely. I know I am. Um, and so, Alyssa, now it's time for Try This at Home. Now, this Try This at Home tip is something that neither one of us has actually done. And I'm not sure that I really can even do it, but I think it's intriguing. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm thinking a lot about it. And it's to choose a signature color. Ah, it is intriguing. It's like, the word panache comes to mind. I feel like if I had, if you have a signature <laughs> color, you have some panache. <laughs> well, I was inspired to think about this as a try this at home for, um, by two people. One is um, a writer named Christopher Mason um, on Facebook has this kind of thing that he he will do where he posts a picture of something orange, you know, and he tags it like bizarre obsession with orange. And it's I get a surprising amount of pleasure out of just seeing these pictures of things that are like a really cool shade of orange and like seeing, oh, this rusted wall is a beautiful shade of orange or here's this vase from the 17th century that has a beautiful shade of orange. And that got me sort of caught up in this idea of color as being like if you have a particular color that you're picking out, it enriches your day. And then my my law school roommate. Who I have to say is a really practical person. You wouldn't necessarily think of her as, as somebody who would do this. She picked fuchsia, which is like this bright pink purple, as her signature color, and um, and she and 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 like she she pulled out like her wallet and it was this fuchsia. I was like, wow, what a color! And she's like, oh yeah, well you know that's my signature color. And I was so intrigued by that. I love it. You know, I was talking to Sarah about this yesterday, my writing partner. And she immediately was like, okay, I have to have a signature color. <laughs> and, you know, her daughter's name is Violet. Oh. So we're like, well, obviously, you know, it's going to be in the purple world. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of landed on a really pretty lavender color. And she actually went to the Pantone website. And she actually picked the exact shade that she wants to be her signature color. So Sarah, I can tell you now, has a signature color. Uh, well, I think – well, first of all, I think it's great to be specific because, like, if you just pick pink, it's maybe too broad and that takes away some of the fun of finding your color. And I asked my roommate what uh, – like, what were her thoughts on how she landed on, on the idea of having a signature color? And she said, over time, I realized it was a color that made me happy and made me feel good. I don't buy, say, shirts or pants in this color. It's more like gym clothes, hair bands, keychain phone case, nail polish, lip gloss. Um, and, uh, and I think it's like with Sarah, it's, it's, it's maybe not like you're going to redo your whole house in that color, but you're looking for those little spots where you can introduce it and, and, and kind of make it your own. Um, so I think that's a great, and because it ties for her daughter, then it feels so wrapped up in the things that make her happy. It's just it seems so fun. 
Yeah. And interestingly, another idea we talked about, um, which didn't immediately come to my mind, was that you could pick a metallic. So you could pick gold or silver. That's interesting. You know, which is sort of a different, uh, a different angle. Yeah. No, that's again, it's like what, yeah, whatever would like bring that little burst of pleasure into your life. And, you know, and uh, my roommate made another point, which I thought was really interesting. And she said, once you have a signature color, it reduces the time that you have to spend on choices. And that's interesting because, you know, that is like a thing that I wrote about a lot in my habits book, Better Than Before, which is that every time we make a decision, even the smallest decision, it drains us a little bit. And so one of the reasons that habits, are freeing and energizing is they they remove decisions. But having a signature color is another way to remove decisions because when you walk in and you see like a gigantic array of wallets, you're like, oh, I'll pick the fuchsia one because this is my signature color. Or Sarah's going in and like, oh my gosh, I'm going to buy... There's rainbow of socks. What socks should I buy for my daughter? You're like, I'll buy the violet socks because how cool is that? It just it takes away a little decision. It makes it easier and also more fun. Yeah. And you know what else I like about it is I feel like we all have our fantasy selves, you know, that we want to be. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like this is a tiny way that you could actually accomplish to be your fantasy self, yeah. but it actually doesn't take any extra time or money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Now, I think if I have a signature color, it's going to be what I'm calling Lily Pulitzer Green, that green that's just really bright uh, and fresh. Uh, but it feels like a real commitment. That's the thing I keep changing my mind. How did you, how did you pick that green? Um, just because it makes me feel good the way that uh, your roommate was saying fuchsia makes her feel good. Yes. Gretchen, I'm not going to force you to, you know, stay with this. But if you had to pick a color right now, what would it be? I think it might be a shade of orange because there's a lot of like beautiful kind of burnt oranges. Um, and so but I'm not sure I'm not sure about it. But um, but it could be that's that I, if you said green was your first instinct, my maybe orange was my first instinct. Um, but who are some other people that have signature colors? Um, like Nancy Reagan was known for wearing red. Absolutely. And then there's like Tiffany blue is a big one. Yeah. Hermes orange, um, Coca-Cola red. Uh, isn't it like in your world of Real Housewives, it doesn't one of the Real Housewives have a color? Oh, yes. Lisa Vanderpump is pink and uh, she she always wears pink and everything she owns is pink. And if anybody else wears pink, it, it makes her angry. <laughs> <laughs> She's got dibs on. She owns pink. Wow. Wow. So this is a call. This is a story that I heard that's perhaps apocryphal, but I thought it was interesting, which was, you know how the Queen of England always wears those really bright pastel monochromatic dresses with the bright matching hat? Yes. So she doesn't have a signature color, but she does, definitely has a, a signature way of wearing color. Um, and somebody told me that that's because she appears in these gigantic crowds and by dressing that way, people who are very far away from her can think, oh, I see the queen. Uh-huh. And so really she does this not as a fashion choice, but for her subjects so that they have the pleasure of knowing that they can pick her out of a crowd. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And Steve Martin, in his fantastic memoir, uh, Born Standing Up, he talks about why he wear, wore white suits oh. when he was performing in huge auditoriums. It was so that people could more easily see him. Oh, um, that's true. I always think of him in a white suit. 
Yeah. So I really, I'm, you know, I'm obsessed with the sense of smell, but now I'm really getting obsessed with this idea of color and like how focusing on color can really enrich our, you know, just your perception. And I read this fascinating research, which was, you know, there's all this talk about how um, when we take pictures with our phone, that it's like making us disengage from the world and we're so busy taking pictures, we're not even experiencing the moment. Um, but there was a study that showed that actually when people are taking pictures, they engage more and they take more pleasure in what's going mm. on with them because there's something about like picking out uh, like uh, what they what you want to focus on. It, it, it increases your level of engagement and like helps you build memories. And so that actually by thinking about what you want to photograph, um, you do get more engaged. And I think like looking for a particular color, it like it reduces the decision fatigue on the one hand and it also like makes you like in search of something. Yeah. Uh, that it's interesting. It's like um and it's 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 just taking your life to another level almost yeah. of of art of art. Yeah, and I, I uh I was reminded um in the in the novel The Color Purple, Alice Walker has one of her characters and it's, you know, hearkening to the title of the book, um one of the characters says, "I think it pisses God off if you walk by the color purple in a field somewhere." And don't notice it. Uh, so I think these are like ways to make you re- think about color and notice color and tap into the pleasure of color. Um, it's fun. It is fun. And I will say, Gretchen, I did not let myself choose black as my signature color, which, is my, <laughs> which was what I really wanted to do because almost everything I wear is black <laughs> or gray. Um, but I wanted it to be something bright and fun. Well, Jack has a signature color. Yes, orange. Orange is Jack's signature color. That's his favorite color. And like you said, it makes it easy because like when you're buying, you know, an iPad cover, orange, when you're getting him, um, a, you know, a T-shirt, orange. So for sure, orange is his signature color right now. Right. That could change. Right. Well, I'm still going to I'm still debating my signature color. Um, and I want to hear from other people like do you have a signature color? Do you want to have a signature color? And if you already have one, what is it? Um, let us know on Twitter, Facebook. If you put it on Facebook, maybe you can like put a picture of something um, that's in your signature color. I had my roommate send me like a picture of her collection of 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 stuff that she has in her signature color. So I will post that um, on my blog um, at happiercast.com slash 71. Um, so you can see her collection of stuff but i'd love to see what um what listeners have um and and what what they think about signature color because it's it's fun yes when you're hiring for your small business you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free and you know elizabeth i now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Elizabeth, now uh, a question to help you know yourself better. And this question is, are you an alchemist or a leopard? Mm, that's very cryptic. What, what does that mean? So th- these are two terms that I came up with to get at this idea of like how much people want to tinker with themselves. Um, because this seems to me to be, you know, I'm always trying to divide people into categories. Yes. <laughs> they say there are two kinds of people, the kind of people that try to divide people into categories and those who don't. Um, and so I feel like there are the alchemists, you know, the ones who are always trying to change something, you know, t- transmute something into gold. Um, and there are people who seek to change or redirect their fundamental nature. They're kind of dissatisfied with themselves. They want to they want to behave and make choices sometimes that don't reflect who they really are because maybe at some level they wish that they were different. Mm. And then what about a leopard? And leopards are people who don't try to change their spots. Uh, they know who they are and they don't really worry about everything they're not. They're be- They're much more comfortable with just kind of their fundamental nature. Ah. I mean, this is maybe a little bit kind of subtle, but and I don't and I have to say, I don't like the way the words don't match up like an alchemist and a leopard aren't really parallel things. But I couldn't think of any other terms like one for people who wanted to change themselves and one for people who didn't want to change themselves. Um, But actually, listen, you were sort of an inspiration for this when I was mulling it over, because one of the things that I've always admired the most about you is I felt like you really were in touch with who you were and you have uh, like accepted it in a way that seemed very admirable to me. Um, whereas I've always felt like I was always doing things like, well, I'm going to play on the field hockey team because the fact that I'm not athletic and I don't like doing it is not going to stop me. Um, which in fact, I'm like, why didn't it stop me? Why was I playing field hockey all those years when I got nothing out of it and didn't enjoy it? (laughs) And you would never have made that mistake. Well, I will. Thank you. First of all, um, for the compliment, but I will point out that the reason I stopped playing field hockey was because they suggested that I stop playing field hockey. <laughs> um, it wasn't my idea. They were short one seat on a bus to an away game, and they let me know that I was the one not getting on the bus. So that was my field hockey experience. But um, I think you're right. I'm definitely a leopard. I mean, I haven't really changed at all since, like, third grade i'm just like it's just oddly i feel exactly the same um and i think it's a reason why i struggle with changing habits because i i am so kind of just ingrained in who i am i admire you for doing more evolving and changing and and experimenting more well, I mean, I guess it's like everything where there are pros and cons to both and probably the strengths of an alchemist or a leopard are exactly the weaknesses. Um, and so maybe the thing is is like to try to learn from the other. Just like I feel like I learned a lot from thinking about you and the way that you approach things or the way you thought about yourself. I mean, maybe that's the lesson is that you don't want to be too 
hardcore about this category um, because the thing about if you're too much of an alchemist, you're just completely restless and dissatisfied. And if you're too much of a le- uh, of a leopard, then you can become complacent and like think that there's no possibility for you. Um, whereas the truth probably lies somewhere in between. We can't really change our fundamental natures, probably, but on but there are things that we can change uh, for the better. Yeah, and it's like if you know which one you are, you can keep yourself from falling too much in that category. You can sort of compensate for it. Well, I definitely do that because, um, you know, I have my 12 personal commandments of happiness. And my first commandment is to be Gretchen. And I think that I need that commandment and I need to think about it all the time because I I can too easily get into this mode of being – I should listen to music. I should learn to play golf. I should get into chess. I should, uh, you know, go back and watch the entire, you know, Larry Sanders show or whatever. And um, and, and and whereas I'm not where I really need to focus on what do I really want for myself and not try to turn into somebody else. Yeah, I definitely um, don't have that problem of worrying about that I'm going to turn into somebody else. But I do struggle with just sort of uh, being stuck in my ways. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just, it's, it's something to think about as you're trying to know yourself better, kind of which way do you lean? And it's funny, Elizabeth, because I was, as I was thinking about this, I was like, you know, I just really wish that I were more like Elizabeth. And then I thought, there I go again. <laughs> I'm wishing I could be different. <laughs> I'm my alchemist self wishing that I were a leopard. Um, so it was like, I caught mm-hmm. myself doing it, uh, right in the moment of contemplating it. So anyway, it's, it, I think it's one of these questions that um, helps us know ourselves better and then and maybe broaden our possibilities for ourselves because uh, we kind of see uh, which way we lean so we don't fall over that way. And like all of these things, something that if you look at the people in your life and know what they are, it helps you understand them better and maybe approach them in a different way. Absolutely. It gives you more forbearance and more tolerance um, because you realize, like, not everybody sees the world in the same way. Absolutely. And now it's time for a listener question. Um, And again, uh, if you want to reach us, you can leave us a voicemail question at 774-277-9336. And that is also 77-HAPPY-336. Gretchen, this week's question comes from Bethany. She says, Hi, Gretchen and Elizabeth. I love your podcast and I'm dying to hear you address the topic of FOMO, fear of missing out. FOMO is a huge happiness stumbling block for me. I find it really difficult to commit to things that could make me happy because the commitment would force me to give up on several other options. For example, buying a house or choosing a city to live in are tough choices for me. What if I choose wrong? Perhaps the worst expression of FOMO for me is the effect it has on my career. I desperately want to go into business for myself and I have lots of ideas, but instead of choosing one and giving it my all, I am hesitantly sticking a proverbial toe into all of my projects. I'm spreading myself too thin and I know that I'll get nowhere with this strategy, but I'm afraid to give up on any of my projects. Interesting. Um, well, so it's uh, to talk about the four tendencies, you know, there's upholder, questioner, obliger, and rebel. And we've talked about that many times. And if anybody wants to take the quiz, it's at happiercast.com slash quiz. So Bethany sounds like a questioner to me because one of the things that – so questioners are people who, who will meet an expectation if it if it makes sense to them. 
and but they hate anything arbitrary or unjustified or unreasonable, and so they need a lot of justifications. And one of the things that many questioners have told me is a problem for them is analysis paralysis. Like they can't make a decision because they want more and more and more information. Mm. Now, Bethany is framing this as fear of missing out. But I think another way to frame this is to say, like, she feels like she needs more and more and more information before she can move forward. So it's like she's got all these projects that she wants to pursue and she feels like she can't choose because to choose one is to exclude the others. And how can she narrow down her choices to one at this point without having more and more and more information? And so if that's an issue for her, um, there is a couple things that can work for questioners. One is deadlines, like I'm going to do as much research as I can, and then at a certain point, I'm going to make a decision and just commit to that for a while. Uh, Another one is remembering that things can be experiments. Mm. Um, Questioners are often very comforted by the thought, like, well, I'm just going to try this for two weeks, or I'm just going to try this for a month, and then I'll learn from that, because that goes to their questioner desire for information, and then I can re-decide. So she might say, like, okay... I'm going to give myself a deadline, and at the end of that time, I'm going to pick an option. But I'm only going to pick that option for like a month. I'm just going to go forward with that and learn from that, and and that might help her. Or also to use expert advice. Like it can be hard for a questioner to admit that someone else is an expert because like they really trust their own judgment. But if there's somebody that Bethany really respects, she might say, let me talk to this person and and allow myself to be very guided by their judgment because this is somebody who – I really think has a lot to say. And like, I'm having trouble making a decision. Maybe this person can really help guide my decision. Well, you know, Dredge, what else um, really helps me in this arena is something one of my best friends, Corrine, said to me, um, which is that being an adult is learning to live with regret. <laughs> Ooh, and, deep. So it's like, it is deep. I mean, it applies to so many things. And it's like, like when um, she talks about, you know, choosing a city to live in, it's like, you're right. If you live in Seattle, that means you don't live in New York and you may always regret that, but you would also have regretted not living in Seattle. So you just have to accept that you're not going to be able to do everything and that you'll always have a pang of sadness over things you didn't do. But you would have had a pang of sadness over not doing the thing you're doing. Right. You know, so it's just, you know, learning to accept it, which I have found hugely helpful. Right. Because a lot of times it's not that there's one right choice. There are many right choices, but it is true that to choose one means not choosing the other ones. That's a very, very helpful thing to remember. Yeah. And you are missing out because you can't literally do everything. So you just kind of (laughs) have to accept that you are going to miss out. Yeah. And maybe also you could think about, and this is where like sort of the legal pad with the pros and the cons comes in. It's like, you're like, well, let me make the optimal decision. But then if like one of the things that I regret about not being living in New York is that I'm not going to see my friends who live there all the time. Well, how could I build that into my Seattle life so that I kind of get, I'm not missing out entirely. Like I, I see how maybe I can bring in the the elements that appeal to me into the choice that I'm making. Because a lot of times it's kind of a false choice. It's totally A or totally B. A lot of times you think about it, you're like, well, maybe you can have kind of an A-B mix Mm -hmm. or at least a little bit of B in your A choice. And here's another idea that comes from from the happiness research. A lot of times when we're making decisions, um, we're trying to anticipate what's going to make us happy in the future. And Bethany is having this thing like, uh, you know, 
you know, where what what career choice am I going to make, or you know, what am I what am I locking myself into? And one of the things that's helpful is to is to talk to people who have made that choice and ask them how they feel about it, mm. because in some ways we're very different from each other, but in a lot of ways we're very much alike. And if you talk to a bunch of people and say, "How do you like doing X Y Z?" or "What what do you like about it?" and "What don't you like about it?" It's probably going to be a pretty good guide to the kind of things you like about it and the kind of things you don't like about it. Because, like, take something like being uh, an associate in a law firm. You can talk to a lot of people in associates of a law firm, and they're going to tell you – they're going to paint you a pretty clear picture of what that's like and whether they like it or whether they don't like it. And from that, you're going to be like – if I like doing this kind of thing, I don't like doing that kind of thing. And this is this is what people are telling me it's like. That's That can be very, very helpful to do. Oh, Oh, I'm going to go to Disneyland. Let me talk to some people who have taken their little kids to Disneyland. What do they think about it? It's a good guide when you're thinking about how to move forward. Yeah. So, well, this gives uh, Bethany a lot to chew on, Gretch. I know. I hope she emails us and lets us know if that's helpful. Yes. Yes. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, it's time for demerits and gold stars. And Elizabeth, you're up for demerit. What if? What have you done? <laughs> uh, oh, Gretch, this is um, this is. I mean, not going to shock you, probably. Um, I'm, it was pretty bad, though. So you know, Adam and I are redoing a lot of our house, and it's an ongoing process. And the thing right now is that we're we're building a banquette, like in our little breakfast area, and it's going to have cushions, and we have to get fabric for the cushions. Um, and I have to say, we do have someone helping us pick fabric because you know I'd be lost um, on my own. But anyway, so we had some fabric choices. I was happy with a couple of them. And Adam came home late from the set, you know, like 11 p.m. And I showed him the fabric and he just didn't respond to any of it. And he said, I think we should keep looking. And I just lost it. You know, I was like, started screaming like, well, then it's on you. I'm done with this. (laughs) I thought you were going to like this. Like, I was just like, I totally lost my mind over him not liking any of this fabric. And it was just crazy. I I mean, I don't know. I I have to say I very quickly came to my senses and apologized, but I think it was fairly traumatizing for him. (laughs) Um, And 
I don't know why I got so upset. He's like, some people like looking at fabric. Um, and apparently I'm not one of those people. Okay, so can I, because the whole point of a demerit is that from some misstep, you learn more about yourself and kind of, so I'm curious, right, right. do you think that you're, that this was related to A, your desire to like be done with it and move on because like you just want to put this whole renovation behind you. So any kind of delay exasperated you or was it like you were happy with it and you, and, and you felt like you're being too fussy and too particular and you're not, and that's not helpful or did you feel like it's impossible to please you. And so this whole, like, where was this coming from? Like, what was the source of the, of the, of the frustration? Or was it just you, it was late at night and, and you were both exhausted and it was just the, like the little match that set off the bonfire. Um, I think it was a combo. I think it was late. I think I want it to be done. And I also think that like, I felt bad telling the person who had brought the fabric that we weren't happy with any of it you know i felt like i don't want to send her back to do more work yeah you know um because i was like well you have to email her you know um and she's great and uh, they're great and it's like we've loved you know all this stuff that's you know that we've got going on in the house so um it's just this one fabric has been tricky for some reason partly it's because we want to get something that's in stock because we don't want to wait 12 weeks and you know how fabric is it's usually not in stock so that's adding to the whole complication you know um but anyway, it's, but regardless of the circumstances, I just like don't want to communicate that way. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to turn this house thing into a point of conflict or trying to make it uh, something good. You know, yeah. I don't want it to be something bad, which it has been at many points, you know, throughout the years. But it's good. If you, you said you caught yourself kind of even in the moment. And, and, and was able, you were able to dial it back. So, I mean, that's like the next best thing is that you didn't prolong it. For, you know, once these yeah. things start, sometimes like it's hard to stop them until like three hours have gone by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it sounds like you, it sounds like you came to your senses pretty quickly. Yeah. I'd say it was about 10 minutes. I won't say well, in the moment, says- <laughs> but I'd say shortly thereafter. So... Apologies to Adam for my absolute freak out <laughs> and it's all going to be fine and we're going to have a gorgeous uh, little breakfast nook and I, I, I'm totally fine with everything now. Um, <laughs> but Gretch, what's your gold star this week? Okay, well, I'm going to give myself a gold star. Um, because Okay, so Eliza had her prom. Um, she's a junior. And if you want to hear Eliza's account of her prom, uh, she, you know, on her podcast, Eliza starting at 16, um, she has an episode where she talks about prom, which was fascinating for me to listen to because I had my own thoughts and reactions to her prom. So it was cool to hear her kind of unmediated experience. Um, but so for me, this kind of thing, like, can become, I can become super tightly wound and anx- anxious and th- th- there's a lot going on. And um, I really w- tried to remind myself to stay calm and enjoy it. 
like to let it be this fun, mm. memorable thing. You know, you're like you're always going to remember your junior prom. I mean, I remember my junior prom. Do you remember your junior prom? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's just one of these kind of milestone events in life where it's like everything else you forget, but like you have this at least a flash of memory. Yeah. <laughs> like I remember my prom dress. Um and and so I was like, I really did have to remind myself, like, don't start snapping at her. Don't hustle her along, like, while she's fussing with this or that. And and don't be annoyed with, like, oh, you know, why are, why are you only now raising this issue? It's the night before, and we could have done this a month ago. But to really just say to myself, this is supposed to be fun. I want to contribute it to it being fun. I'm going to, like, have fun with it and and not go into my, you know— whip cracking to do yeah. list crossing um you know why can't you stand still while I, t- while I take your picture uh you know why are we leaving late blah 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 and so and i think i did a pretty good job at least she didn't complain about me on the podcast uh she didn't mention me which i feel like that was the least that was like the highest bar is that i did not merit <laughs> a mention yeah it just faded into the background <laughs> That's um good. so i uh so I, I and I think it made it a lot more fun for me because I didn't I, I just let go of my idea to like run it perfectly like clockwork. You know, this doesn't yeah. have to be like a, the, the Swiss train schedule and just like let it be fun. And it, it really it really was fun. And so I feel like it was a milestone in her life. It was a milestone in Eleanor's life for sure. And it was a milestone in my life, too. Yeah, I enjoyed watching the whole thing from um, across the country, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't necessarily a milestone for me, but it was definitely a big event that I was monitoring closely. Yeah, from the moment she picked out her dress, uh, yes, so the shoes, the hairstyle, yes, I sent you pictures of it all. Yeah, I have to say it's crazy how many people I've shown Eliza's prom dress. And I'm like, oh, look at my niece's prom dress. It's a very pretty dress. A very pretty dress. Yes, indeed. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Choose a signature color. Let us know. How did you commit to your color? What is your color? Does your color make you happier? And what should my color be? I, I really need, uh, I, I, feel like, I feel that I need to commit to a color. Thank you to our new producer, Kristen Meinzer. Yay. Yay. <laughs> also, thanks to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Now, if you'd like to sign up to get an email every time we have a new episode of the show, uh, just go to happiercast.com slash join, and I'll sign you up, and you'll get an email every time there's a new show to listen to. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Craft, And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. 
They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.